Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. We've got a very special edition for you today because I have with me Dr. Aim Cates Sullivan, and she is not only a fabulous person who I'm going to tell you all about, but she is also a new up-and-coming host. So she's going to have her own show with uh, the Superpower Up podcast. So I'm absolutely thrilled to have her on um, as she prepares her own show for you all that will be airing in a little while. We don't know the exact timing, but yay for, for a new show. And let me tell you, get excited because here's, let me tell you about her and why her show is going to be awesome. And she is awesome. So, Aime Kate Sullivan is an award-winning, best-selling author focusing on mythology and folklore for the modern age. Dr. Sullivan has co-owned and ran the Healing Center of Santa Monica in the mid-1990s and continues to offer private consultations and runs workshops for people interested in the heroine's journey. She obtained her BA with honors at Hollins University and her master's and doctorate degrees in literature from Columbia University and King's College in London. She is also the owner and president of Infinite Light Publishing. Her books include Consider This, Tracking the Deer, The Wind Horse, and Three Days in the Light, as well as an award-winning children's series including Sparkle and the Gift, Sparkle and the Light, Ella's Magic, and The Rainbow Dragon's Emerald. Her bestseller, A Story of Becoming, sold over 250,000 ebooks and won 18 literary awards. Her books on Celtic mythology include Legends of the Grail, Stories of Celtic Goddesses, and Heroines of Avalon and Other Tales. She has won over 30 literary awards, and she is here today with us to talk about the divine feminine in Celtic mythology. So welcome to the show, Aime. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I am excited for this conversation. But before we dive in, will you please tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Absolutely. You know, years ago, I went out beside a river and I found this, this swan feather. And I wasn't quite sure where it came from, but I picked it up. And I realized as I started to fly through the air that my superpower was air. That I could actually fly with the with this with the swan all through the universe, collecting stories that people needed all over the world. Mm, brilliant! And so you have <laughs> been you have been collecting these stories, and this is you know we talk a lot about sex on this show, obviously because it's called Sex, Love, and Superpowers, and a lot about relationships. And this this uh, topic today is a little bit different, and yet also super relevant. You've been collecting stories about the goddesses, especially Celtic goddesses, for a long time now, right? Yes, about 35 years. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of sexuality, you know, the Celtic tradition, they, they, it's a culture of life, so they, they absolutely love um, sacred sexuality. <laughs> and my husband, and my husband, who is ninety nine percent Irish, <laughs> has been on this journey with me. So I've had this wonderful companion, you know, as we bring the culture of life back together again. I love that you call it that, the culture of life. And I think that it's true of most um, 
indigenous and, and roots cultures that there there has been a celebration of sexuality and a celebration of fecundity and life bringing acts. Um, and we have so much fear and taboo in, in our culture around it, which is I mean, why I started this show. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I'm, I'm curious if you could share with our listeners sort of how you got started on this journey um, of investigating the goddess. Uh, well, I actually started in, in England um, in the in the eighties, nineteen eight, early nineteen eighties, and a couple of things happened. I, I got I was given this overseas research award, uh, and my job was to go and gather uh, or to understand and study the the work of Lady Gregory, who who was a folklorist and a playwright in Ireland. She was she was one of the the main um, patrons of W. B. Yeats and started the Abbey Theatre. And uh, was was one of the people that was responsible for bringing Celtic mythology back to to universities and to back. Actually, she reinstated Gaelic in schools because you, for a long time, if people told Gaelic stories or Celtic stories or you know spoke Gaelic, they could be killed. So so yeah. they're not as well known as the Greco-Roman stories for that reason. They were, they were suppressed. And, and when I was uh, over there gathering these, there were a couple things that happened because there's always this personal quest too, right? There's a, there's a piece that, that, that had, now I knew, I knew that my, my ancestors were from England and had been told all kinds of stories. And actually we still have our legacy farm in Virginia and our ans our English ancestors are buried there. So it's, <laughs> it was, I was, I was raised with this sort of tradition of storytelling, but what happened when I was in England was, was that I was very excited to be working on this doctorate. Um, and my uncle that I was living with committed suicide. And um, it was such a shock. And I, and I had an existential crisis. And all of a sudden, um, the, the world of academia wasn't really enough. And I, I, I needed to find, I needed to find some kind of understanding of the spiritual world. What happened to him? Where did he go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wound up doing pilgrimages. Um, at first, I was looking for Mary Magdalene and wound up in Glastonbury and, and got really, really caught up with the myths and legends of Joseph of Arimathea and the Holy Grail, and, and, um, and which is, which is a one, one way to weave the, the Western tradition of the goddess back together again. But what I started encountering were these presences that I that that are very real. Actually, when you go to the places, they're, they're these sacred places where you can encounter deities. I'm sure in the Native American tradition, that's also true. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had some very powerful encounters, and it seemed like Danu and Eru, some of the, these Irish goddesses, were the ones who started leading me on these quests. And so I would go, I would go on these journeys physically as well as shamanically to to go back into these old cairns and listen to the dreams of the earth and remember remember my roots, <laughs> remember, remember, you know, why, why I'm here and also where we go. That was the other, that was the other part that was really important. And, um, it really came to peace with what happened to my uncle, felt that I could continue my conversation with him through the veils. And, uh, 
so that's a, that's a whole conversation right there too. Yeah. It's like what how how you walk between the worlds with those you love. Yeah, well, and I think it's so interesting you bring that up. That was absolutely um, a huge catalyst for my own spiritual journey as well. Was my brother's death? He he overdosed on heroin, um, <sighs> and so so I can absolutely relate with this. Like it's it's like this instinctual urge to go. It's like where did you go? You know, and you go on this quest, this epic quest to find <laughs> where they went and. Um, and there's a, there's a, it's an amazing journey for sure. So uh, we're not going to dive into it because we have to go to a quick break. And I think there's a lot to discuss here. So before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work and your books? Yes, you can go to my website and com. And my name is spelled A-Y-N. So if you Google me, I usually come straight up at ankatesullivan.com and there, there, you can sign up for a newsletter and uh, which I will write again soon <laughs> and there are all kinds of books you can find all sorts of podcasts things you can listen to and I, I try to keep I try to keep inspiring people that's that's sort of my my role so I, I hope you'll go and and feel like you can find your roots and maybe some of your branches also on the site Beautiful. And soon you'll be able to find her on the Super Power Up podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. We're talking with Anne Kate Sullivan about the divine feminine in Celtic mythology. More when we get back. Stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. So right before the break, I mean, we were kind of sharing how for both of us, it seems like death is actually what, what led us into this deep spiritual pilgrimage and and um, discovery of all these other other worlds, and I'd love to talk about that a little bit more because I do think that part of at least my understanding of the goddess and the divine feminine is that we are reclaiming right now. I think not just culturally but also globally. Um, there's all these things that have been sort of taboo, um, and especially in Western culture, we don't we don't talk about we don't know how to have a relationship with sex is one of them and death is another one um and and these they they seem like very much realms of the goddess um realms that that were considered sacred and there was an understanding of them held by older cultures that um that has been lost and yet seems to be resurging can you talk about that a little bit about what your experience with that is in in uncovering all of these these goddesses on this journey? Yes. Yes, I would love to. So, so one of the deities that I, I really love is, is called the Kaliach and, or the old woman of the world. And if we, if, if we, if we're not speaking about her in a cultural sense and we go 
to a more of a global sense. We, we tend to know her as Gaia or Mother Earth. Mm. And, um, you know, we can think of her as an archetype and we can think of her as the deity or being. But there are places you can go where you really do crawl in, and it's usually a saw one or around November 1st. But this, this is the, right now, August 1st is the, uh, the goddess festival. So, so there are also different times when the veils are thin, when you can crawl through. And you can really, you can really, if you learn, so the goddess tradition is really about learning to open up and receive information, to open up to your clairvoyance, your clairaudience, your clairsentience, finding your superpowers and understanding that they're real and mm-hmm. understanding they're, you know, that maybe there was a reason that the goddess tradition was given because people, if once you found your superpowers, you're very hard to enslave. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing that I just went through and, and I'll talk about it um, was that I, last year my father died. And um, he was a brilliant man. He loved um, Native traditions. He was an author himself of many books, a winemaker and um, basic Renaissance man. And he 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 started. He knew he was going to die. And um, and I had been doing um, some Celtic shamanic work with uh, John and Catelyn Matthews at Oxford. And I I actually. We we had just finished doing Walkers Between the Worlds, and um, when I I came back to Virginia to see him, and he was standing in the kitchen, and he looked at me, and he said, um, "I'm I'm done, I'm done. Walk mm-hmm. me to my room." And and so I, I walked him to his room, and he was so. And this was that's what's so beautiful about what happened with him is that he was so open. You know, he, he had moments when he was frightened, but he, because he was so good at inquiry and he was so intelligent, he was curious about what was happening to him. And, and he said, how do you think this is going to go? And I said, I really don't know, but why don't we, we face your bed? We'll, we'll point your bed so that you can see the sun as it sets. And it might be that as the sun sets, you'll, you'll go into the setting sun and you'll find your friends on the other side. Mm-hmm. And and so we did that, and he was he was really gung ho. He was like one two three, let's go. And I was like, Dad, <laughs> wait wait a second, wait a second. You got to say goodbye to everybody. There's a whole process here. <laughs> so it was kind of slowing him down. And it interestingly enough, it snowed. So so mm-hmm. everything shut down. People couldn't. There, were, my sisters were able to be there. My mom. And, but no, we had, apart from one friend who was a doctor, there was no, no other medical assistance or anything. So it was just, it was just us. And we were able to sing and he was reciting poetry and people would go out and he would say, come, come lay in the bed with me and walk to the other side so I can talk to my friends. So I know where I'm going. And so I would lay in the bed with him and we would go over and I actually thought, that his family would be there, but no, they, he really did have some friends. One, one fellow was the minister. I was kind of surprised to see him, but he was there and he, he came straight away and we started talking and we went across something that looked like the river sticks. And there was a certain point where they said, you, you can't go any further. You have to wait for us, but we'll be back. And, uh, and after a little while he came back and he told me all kinds of stories about what he'd seen. And then he sort of came back into him, his body. So it was a process that took about a week. And, um, and then even after he left his body, he, he would come in and check his body and leave. And, and so we did it, we did a three day vigil, 
um, with his body as he really started to learn who he was as an essence as opposed to a physical form. Mm-hmm. I, it was it was an amazing. It was when it was going on, it felt ecstatic, which was bizarre. Of course, later after he left, I had my my morning time, but uh, but he it, 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 he gave me such a gift, you know, being that open, yeah, being that open. To well, the mysteries. So when you say that you were laying there with him and, and you were seeing this, you're, you're speaking more in like a shamanic realm, like you were journeying with him. We journeyed together. Mm-hmm. We did journey together. We called on, on some deities that work with both of us and we did a shamanic journey together and he was able to cross. He always wanted sort of this, maybe because he was a winemaker, but he would always go into this kind of Bachian realm. <laughs> 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 and his friend, the minister, kept trying to take him to more of a heavenly realm, but he didn't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was very interesting. Well, I, and it's it's amazing to me. I mean, I love that you that you say that there there was kind of an ecstasy around it because I think that that is what's possible, and we have this this relationship with death. I mean, of course it's sad because someone that we love is, is transitioning and, and the way that we've known them is no longer going to be the way that we can know them. And yet there is, there is this essence. I was, I was talking with someone about this just the other day, how it's like you, you get to know a person's like the difference between their, the density of their personality and their essential nature. When we, when we know someone and love someone who crosses over to the other side, there is this distinction that we get to make, right? And it's, it's the personality that we mourn, but the essential nature we can still connect with even after they're gone from their physical body. Absolutely. I made, actually made a, a, a deal with him that when he wanted, I'm also, also act as a minister. So, <laughs> so he asked me to do his funeral, which which was quite powerful. Mm. And um, I said, okay, I'll go ahead and spread the ashes, but uh, I need, I need you to leave me a sign that you're okay. And so I, I went up, I had been studying the, the Oum it, with my kids. Actually, we'd all been in Ireland studying the Oum, which is the ancient Irish writing. They look, they look a little bit like runes. And um, we, so we go up to the place where he wanted these ashes spread and hanging right in the spot was an eight foot sign. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a ladder that had been bent, but it it read Oum. It read um in Oum. It read Elder, mm. and my kid, all all of us just stopped and looked at it. And went oh, it's it, he he left us a sign that about it, it means rebirth in the Celtic tradition. Mm. So the the Elder tree is the one that will lead you to your rebirth, and <laughs> there it was hanging. So. So th- that was one one thing that we all saw, and um, and then the uh, other times um, I had visita- visitations and felt him with me, and we were able to have some conversations, uh, especially in the first thirty two thirty three days, and then he moved on, and now occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but but I, I don't think it's something that we should be frightened of, actually. Yeah. Um, I know my family family members were going through a lot as it happened, and, and, and when he was in his active dying phase, even the doctors were saying, can you just tell me what his aura looks like, <laughs> what's, what's actually happening? And, and the, there was a reverence, something changed, because 
you know, this was not someone you were going to save physically in, in this world, even though would would have liked to. Um, we had to, we had to, we had a journey with him. We had to dream with him. We had to learn to consciously dream. We had to learn that all of us have rainbow bodies. And, and the lovely part about that is that, that we're eternal. You know, that the spark or the essence means that we're eternal. And we might, as you said, would drop the personality or pieces of it. But, um, but, but it, how, how, how comforting in a way to know that someone that you love deeply can still be, can still be, you know, uh, in communication with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm really intrigued that you had doctors asking what color your dad's aura was. I'm like, what kind of doctors <laughs> were they? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, a fellow that we work with. And he he um, was a very good friend of my father. Very brilliant. He's MD, Stanford trained, but he he also works with homeopathy and and so forth. And he so he's very interested in energy medicine. And and so when I was observing my father's field. Um, I knew when the act of dying had had started because the silver cord um, in the back of the neck just came away. Just as of when you when you give birth to a child, you know, there's a point when the when the umbilicus just starts to give way because it's no longer needed. Mm-hmm. And then when Dad was in his active dying phase, so the silver cord at the back of the neck came away. And as soon as that happened, I I started telling the doctor that he it, it's it has actually disconnected. So he he only has a very short period of time now. And that's when we were able to start singing. And it was interesting to see, you know, the aura, the aura change and how it started to, um, it, it sort of the colors collapsed and then there was silver and then he was able to, to, to move around um, separately from the body. Um, so yeah. You just said that's when we were able to start singing. Um, mm-hmm. Explain that a little bit. I'm really intrigued. Uh, well, that when he when he started when he started actually exiting the body, it seemed as though there was some kind of crack between the worlds. There was there was a there was an opening. I think the same thing happens when when you're born. When when someone's mm-hmm. born, there's this opening between the worlds. In this case, a, a beloved was 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 departing, but that's when this feeling of ecstasy came in, mm-hmm. and it was partially because there was so much love coming from his ancestors, his mother, his, his whole lineage that were waiting for him, his friends that were waiting for him on the other side, all the guides that he worked with, they were all there loving him, birthing him. It was, it's a, almost like a birth in reverse. So they were birthing him into the other worlds. And it was very, so we were singing as this happened. You know, it reminded me of the, the ladies of the lake. You know, as they're taking King Arthur back to Avalon. You know, they're singing to him as they take the wounded king back to the other world. And with total honor and respect for for what he had given us, you know, all of the gifts and all the love for, for, for those years. And, um, you know, it was as though we were surrounded by deities that all from all realms that had their heads bowed. So such, such honor and, and respect. Now, is this in your, in your study and, and research, have you found that to be kind of, um, an old ritual around the deathbed to, to surround the person who's crossing over and to sing to them? 
Yes, to sing them to the other side. I, I was I was taught taught the the tradition by a woman. She never wants me to say her name, but she was a, a British healer, and um, she was the one I worked with with when my uncle died. Mm-hmm. And I had um, at that time I wasn't very spiritual, <laughs> and after he died. Every morning he would stand by my bed calling my name, and it freaked me out. I thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm schizophrenic. What's happening yeah, to me?" And yeah. anyway, right? <laughs> so I remember that. I, felt- I remember talking to my brother in the car, being like, "I'm going crazy. <laughs> uh, this, this, this doesn't happen. This is, you know, there's no cultural context for it, right?" Yeah, right. <laughs> so I luckily, luckily, I found this healer who who just explained to me what was happening. She said, "Well, he got stuck in between dimensions there, and no one's." crossed him over and and I said oh well can we cross him over and she said yes but it will take some work because he had things left unfinished you know Mm -hmm. and so we really spent a year uh, working together to help him uh, in in communication with him with my whole family with all the members of my family and his children or his his son he only had one son um, to help him resolve you know and and uh and and move and move on and then the, and there was such a feeling of relief for the whole fa- family dynamic when he actually crossed mm-hmm. so so i in as part of that i was accompanying her to to different people's houses and um and and was with her many times when someone either crossed or was just crossing and she always did the same thing um well you know everyone's a, unique but basically the same thing happens for everybody which is that you call on and and it's you know in the judeo-christian tradition there's their angels and in the sort of Celtic tradition they're they're de- devas or deities but they're they're really very similar yeah. you call on these these guardians to help someone find their way home and singing singing tends to invite these guardians in and then once they're invited in then they then they very carefully it's so delicate it's so careful you know they just very very carefully and delicately help the person move to the next place you know the, with absolute grace and ease move to their next home and 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 some people are, are worried and you know and other people are, are like dad they're ready to go you know it depends <laughs> on the on the person but um always this light opens up there's a light that opens up and the and there's so many dimensions you know um, there's so many dimensions you can walk into, but the person seems to know their home and they, they just, they just find their way through that light right to the place where their ancestors are and, and off they go. And, um, it's, it's this practice we, I guess we, we forgot. Uh, I was, I remember the first time I really saw it clairvoyantly, um, these stairs opening up and, and the lights and so forth. And, not only did the one person go across, but then about 250 other people mm-hmm. went and, and I burst into tears. And I was like, what is, what, what is this stairway and why did all of those people have to wait so long mm-hmm. in order to, to, to go across? And, and she just explained that it, she goes, people, people have forgotten. People have forgotten that the world is animated yeah. and that you have to ask, you know, you have to ask, uh, so the souls can return home. 
And uh, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of a very powerful ceremony that I was at actually when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, There's a medicine man from Greenland, Ananank. Um, he goes by Uncle, and he he was doing a a four day ceremony to honor. I think in his words, he put it all of the people who had been all of the souls that had been impacted by the events of September 11th. Mm. Um, And it was in upstate New York. And I remember um, the, there was one particular ceremony. I mean, the the gathering was a four day event, but but there was one particular ceremony where it was like, okay, we are now going to release the souls who, who weren't able to be released. Um, And it was like, I remember seeing, I, I I'm not usually someone who sees, um, spirits and things like that. I am more, I can sense, but I remember it was like, it was like there were spirits packed into the room and like spilling outside the walls. It was like all of these <laughs> beings trying to come in, um, to receive this healing. And I remember watching them change. So a lot of them were in these like muted tones of grays and browns and watching them turn into light and, and mm-hmm. like pop. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. that we don't understand, right? Um, mm-hmm. And yet that these ancient cultures do. Exactly. They do. They do. And we lost some, I think we really, in, in, our, in our adventure into our Judeo-Christian world, we, we lost quite a bit of that. And, yeah. I, and I think that, that really happened when, when, we, when the goddess became a ghost, <laughs> the father, the father, son, and the ghost, right? So, so part of, a lot of the work that I've been doing has been to, to reweave those traditions back in. I, there are, in the t- Tibetan culture, there are 18,000-year uh, traditions of worshiping the goddess that are unbroken. Yeah. In our world, in our Western civilization, they're, they're broken traditions. So you, you do, in a way, have to sing them back together again. You have to, or at least I've had to, go back to these, these sites where you okay, might do a certain amount of research, but then I have to sit in the site and, and, and sing to the deity so that I can remember what was broken, what was lost, and how to weave that back together again. Yeah, and, and from your understanding, why is that so important right now? Well, if we've been in really culture of death for quite some time, um, and and that's yeah, according to to the Mayans, it's just the cycle we were in. What do we do? That that was our cycle. Mm-hmm. But we're we've just we've uh, you know according again according to the Mayans uh, in twenty twelve we we shifted, and that that was the first time they say in five thousand one hundred and twenty five years mm-hmm. that the divine feminine has been able to inhabit the earth and have a voice and um, at that point during our ceremonies and so forth, it was very clear to me that of course we all want to heal it 's about collective healing, but that particular strand those strands of the of the feminine of the goddess energy, which is really culture of life energy it 's time for that to return so that we can have the flower the promised flowering of the ages of course right now everyone says oh it 's the end of the world and it 's all doom and gl-. I, I think there 's a shift going on yes. and 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 some of these um, the indigenous cultures most of the indigenous cultures understand that. And they understand how to walk with the new energies that are that are coming to the planet right now. 
Yeah, but part of that is also, I mean, that culture of life is honoring the earth herself and the mm-hmm. the seasons and and the rhythms that that come and are born from nature. Absolutely. The in in Heroine's Avalon and and Legends of the Girl story of Celtic goddesses. Actually, actually, I think Heroines of Avalon is the one that has the eight wheel calendar at the back, and and can't. So we, if you follow that eight wheel calendar, it's pretty easy to move back into rhythm, the natural cycles and rhythm with the Earth herself. It's a very lovely calendar. What is this calendar? It's the. It's the the Celtic wheel of the year, uh-huh. and so it starts. It usually starts with Samhain, uh, which is November first. And so these, the, they, they say the Druids understood this. So they, let, me, let me talk about who Druids were for a minute, because um, Druids, first of all, could be men and women, mm-hmm. um, and they were the the spiritual uh, wisdom keepers of the British Isles and Ireland, and um, they were kind of demonized. They were so they did human sacrifice and all this. I don't really think it's true. We've only found one case of human sacrifice. We're not even sure that was from a druid, but but you have to have a reason to kill people off. So of course they had to be demonized. But anyway, they were they were people who who trained for twenty years to activate their superpowers. <laughs> right first, they would learn two hundred and fifty stories of their people. Then they would, then maybe, depending on whether you feel, you know, or whether you see or whether you hear, you would develop your, your oracular skills. You're, you would become an ovate and a, and a seer. And after 20 years of all of that, maybe, maybe you would become a druid. And that, that meant that you were a spiritual teacher uh, for, your, for your people. They, they knew the oam, the language of the trees, and they, they knew in, in journeying through these, depending on the, the system of 22, 25 trees, they could journey through these trees in the oak druids, mean the wisdom of the oak right so they would journey through these trees into the dimensions where they could get certain access certain wisdom for their for their people so so um so the anyway the so the the druids had the worked with this calendar i think the calendar might be older than the druids but um now it was it's been reintroduced the wiccan the wiccan um movement and the the druids got together and put this wheel back together again instead of um in a new um revival that's been going on in in the uk obad is one of the really great actually great group of people who've been putting it back together again um but the the old calendar if you go to any of the old wheels or the, the it's all there you just have to go back and find it again so it starts generally starts uh, we have it as halloween or um when the veil's thin and you can hear the voices of the ancestors. And so you would go into a cairn, you go into an old cave or you go into a dark place and you would dream, you would, uh, in that ceremony for three days in the old, old days, they would pull the skulls out, you know, but you would dream for three days and you would ask your ancestors about what their dreams were, what their hopes were. And, um, and then you might dream with the earth herself. What, what, what was in the pot of the old woman of the world? What was brewing? And I think, um, I think the timing is fascinating because I mean, the November 1st, that's also the day of the dead and in Mexico and in, in, in different um, you know, Central American traditions, 
also in in Romania where my ancestors are from there's there's a, a day of honoring the, the deceased right around the same time so I think it's fascinating that these calendars kind of line up no matter where you but are it might on be, the planet. exactly and it might be there's some truth to it yeah, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> that's the time when the veils are thin and yeah. maybe, and the indigenous people understood that and they felt it and they and they worked with it they honored it you know and it and so, um, and I have done, I have crawled into these cairns with my hand over my head when in the dark and, and done these, these things. And it's, um, it's really powerful to, to do it and, and to realize, gosh, there, there is this bubbling, there is this dreaming, there, is, there are these seeds that are being held, want to come forth and, and we can be co-creators and, and, and help them come, them come forth if we, if we know how to work with work with the system you know so so then after that there's the dreaming so that takes you into winter solstice which people know and and um and that's when oh the first the first little bit of light comes and generally that was the time to honor the goddess and the the um the void the dark mother the one who's dreaming the one who's creating and so you honor you honor the goddess really deeply there and then and then there's um there's Imbolc or saint bridget's day it became when the first little little uh, snowdrops come out, and and oh, it, we 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 might we might be expressing the first ideas that have come from our dreams, and then that mo- moves into the the spring equinox. You know, when when the, the all the energies are dancing, the masculine, the feminine energies are dancing together, and and the world's becoming fertile and we can bring our ideas you know the energy's rising and we can bring our ideas into full manifestation um which leads to beltane and the and the uh Celtic tradition may 1st when when uh the the god and goddess dance together and it's a complete sec- celebration of sexuality <laughs> which is lovely yeah infertility yes with culture of life we make love and have partnerships so, so we can bring our next generation into being and and if we do that consciously gosh you know what a world we could live into yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and that and that goes to summer solstice when of course the 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 um the light is bright and strong and so we have our, our all of our all of our creative energies that it's most powerful and then now about about the august 1st we have llamas or lunasa and and we're starting to honor what the land has given us and we're starting to to um harvest and and celebrate all of that and then we go into the the equinox the fall equinox when again there's a dance between the the feminine and the masculine but they're starting to go to sleep for the year and so they they pass the energy back to the kaliach the old woman of the world who keeps this the life you know in her pot through the through the dark years so I've, I've always loved that that um the harmony of that the the rhythm in that celtic tradition Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's there's a there's a wholeness to it and and mm. there's a you know it's a cycle and it's a never-ending repeating cycle mm-hmm. there's, there's a real there's a real comfort to that i think so they're the obviously they believed in in rebirth and they, they had no fear the celts had no fear of death because they knew they knew when they crossed that it's what made them ferocious warriors too, because they knew if they died in the battlefield or wherever that they would be, they would be um, celebrating with, with their ancestors on the other side. They were mm-hmm. very clear about that. Mm. 
Yeah, it's fascinating to me because there's so many crossovers from the the um, North American indigenous cultures that I've studied with, and and some of these stories. You know, you hear, yes. you hear us like the the warriors, and they go into battle. They would always say, "Today's a good day to die." Um, mm-hmm. And it was, I think, similar because you would go to the happy hunting grounds if if you if it was your day, and and you would be with your ancestors and feasting and and, and all of that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and it's probably well, very true. You know, it is probably true if you if you really are with people when that's going on and you're crossing with them, and and I think that there was an agenda to make people fear death so that they could be controlled because people that don't fear death can't be controlled; they can't be enslaved. Say more about that. What's your understanding? I mean, just from the history. I mean, I know the history. Some of our listeners might not. No, no, the the history and this horrific history in Europe of sort of systematic wiping out of of people who who lived this way, believed this way. Yeah, there yeah, it was systematic and it was brutal. They so so Mona was uh it's now known as the Isle of Anglesey, which is off the west coast of Wales, and it was known at as Mona, and that was the that was where the druids were trained, and and the kind of the spiritual stronghold, and it's still really fascinating to visit. Um, but when the with the Roman invasion, um, and this was this was at a time when there was a complete equality in that tradition between men and women. Women were druidesses and healers, and medicine women, and judges, and everything you can possibly imagine. So they they were very honored. Um, and there's a fam- the famous woman called, well, some people say Bodicea or Boudica is how we usually say it. Um, he was a, a queen who all- actually almost wiped out <laughs> the Romans. They, they raped her daughters and she wasn't having it. So, hmm. so, but with the end of Boudica, that was the, that was really the end of the empowered, um, Celtic queen. Hmm. Um, after that, um, the, the, the Roman agenda started started really coming in and so in the king author stories that i write about it quite a bit because you start to that's where the the feminine starts to disappear when she really all of the different faces of the goddess really have to fit into the one vessel of mary and at least thank goodness she existed as mary but all the many deities had to become one and um so and what happened it was i think really council of nicaea had a lot to do with it um which is where there was an agenda. This was a couple hundred years after after um, Christ's death, and um, they decided at this council what was going to be taught and what wasn't, or what was going to be how we were going to worship. And and there wasn't a whole lot of choice. So once they decided which books we were going to read, um, they that was it any any free thinker or gnostic or or someone who had any direct connection. Um, was considered a heretic, and they were they were hunted down and killed. So, um, and and I think that it's, it's a tragedy in a way. But you know, again, maybe it's the cultural story that we're, we're learning about. But it go, it goes all the way through. I think something like eight million women were burned or tortured yeah. or killed at that that time. So it was, it was a a lot. And so when we start talking about the goddess tradition, I often see people, I see women flinch because. Yeah, we probably many of us have have memories of of being tortured and killed, and um, 
And of course, uh, if and so then if you can cut really cut people from the from the <laughs> belly down, so that you you disconnect people from their roots, and you tell them that the that worshiping by a stream or a river or something is evil. You make nature evil. You make the body evil. You make sexuality evil. You make everything feminine evil in all of your storytelling, and from Eve to I mean. Yeah. So, so th at that point, the um, and there was a if you if you go back and 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 really do some research, you can see that there was a complete agenda to 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 make the the all all women um, disc, um, well, let's just call it evil. And when I say evil, I mean I mean it's a distortion of life. It's it's lived backwards. So culture of life, the goddess, and you flip it, and it's. Yeah. Well, so, and is also worshiping someone on a cross. Mm. You know, I mean, you look at the symbol that's being worshipped is is a dead person. It's you're worshiping someone who 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 died, and you know, and they don't. And what's in the tragedy about that is they didn't include the mysteries because if you were going to church and you went, oh well, he died, but then oh, he was resurrected, and and this is how you move through the Eleusian mysteries and, or this, you know, and I think in the Asclepian temples and some of these other places, people were still doing, it was basically an old Egyptian practice of resurrection. So if they were, had actually taught that, um, it would have been great, but things like reincarnation were taken out. So you know that there was a complete political agenda, which was really not about helping people become enlightened and awake and it was about controlling the masses and that's what it was for and if you kill enough people and you terrify enough people then you know you stop you stop caring about nature and you stop caring about the feminine qualities and you definitely run run away from the goddess and if you look at the world we're living in now this is what you get right <laughs> yeah yeah and so we're all doing our part uh to reclaim that and it, 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 all of these areas, um, our connection with nature, our connection with our bodies, you know, this whole concept of original sin, that to, to have sex is a sin, um, to, to, follow, to, to follow the culture of life is sinful, to perpetuate life is sinful. Um, you know, that's a real mind fuck right there. It's huge. And, and the thing too is that, you know, if, since women are the ones in, in charge of, of creating life, if, if the only way, you know, you have to control them. Otherwise you don't know when the king's running off, when the king's off the battle, your knight's off the battle, you don't know whose children she's having. <laughs> so, so they did their best to control control how the how the feminine was was um playing with life and the, and then at that point too which is really crazy is people stop women women in text stop having names I, I did find um it's in heroines of avalon but i did find the name of percival's sister who was the one who opened the gates to saros and her name is either dundrana or dundrane and so she's actually the first grail champion but i had never heard of her nice. <laughs> so so part, I think part of part of reweaving the goddess tradition has has been finding the names of the women, mm. the players who were involved mm. <laughs> in this. And if you and if you take it back, so really, if you go back through these the, 
terrible burning times. And if you if you go back to the early traditions, you know, if, if you listen to the Mayans, they said 5,125 years. You, you have to go back really to the time of the, the Tuatha de Dunan in the Celtic tradition and the, the, the time of the tall, beautiful people. Mm-hmm. What, the people of the Merline, the people, the people who understood the sacred blueprints of the earth and how we all thrive. And those are lovely, lovely stories. Mm. Well, I am so excited for your show because I'm sure you're going to share some of them um, <laughs> on your show. What, before, before we go, will you tell us sort of what, what your desires are for that show or what your plans are? Oh, well, it's still emerging, but I, I'm obviously so excited about the, the weaving of the traditions that bring the, 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 the goddess back together again. And, and, and I, I really believe in God, goddess, all that is. So it's, it's everything, but this, these particular strands are missing. And so I've, I've worked with the Celtic tradition to bring back these ancient stories also the Judeo Christian, I love I love some of those stories too. Um, I love the I love the the history of the Cathars and Joseph of Arimathea, and um, and also the Native American traditions. I hope some of those will be will be woven in also, uh, and the the Greco Roman traditions. And so I'm, I'm what I'm hoping to do in the show, and and with some some uh, brilliant friends, is to is to find our superpowers so that we can reweave this this tradition so that we can flower, so that we can really blossom into this this promise of the new age that we're we're meant to be moving into. This is meant to be the the first dawn of the gold the golden age. You know. Yeah. I wish you could see the smile on my face right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. This was awesome. And we went all sorts of places I didn't expect as usual, but I love it. Um, and it was so powerful and valuable. And I'm sure our listeners got something, some good stuff out of it. So thank you. Oh, very good. It was just lovely to connect. And, and I look forward to more in the future. Mm-hmm, me too. And to our listeners, I love you so much. Thank you for continuing to show up, for continuing to listen, for continuing to do your work as part of the reawakening that we're all inside of right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have not yet come and joined our Facebook group, Superpowers Are Real, please do so. Come and check out our programs, superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs. And you can even go on our website, superpowerexperts.com and take a quiz and find out what your superpowers are. Come and play with us. Um, we love you so much. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.